This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another Sky Blues Extra match day preview podcast. David here and I'll be guiding us through this insight into the Tigers game that's coming up this Friday along with Matt. How, How you doing, doing Matt? Yeah, very well. How are you? Yeah, good mate. Have you watched much of the international games during the break or is it not yeah. something that you, you, you tend to? No, I'm. I'm. I'm a, I don't know if I should say this. It feels a bit taboo. With uh, we're we're obviously more domestic based podcast, and people get a bit funny about international football now. But I'm I'm a big uh, international fan as well. So yeah, been been paying close attention, and uh, yeah, pleased with what I saw on that side as well. But also very eager to get back to 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 ways with Cobb as well. It was probably a stupid question because we're here and I can see you <laughs> and you're wearing your uh, your England top. I am top. wearing a vintage Obviously, England top at the minute, yeah. Yeah, listeners at home can't see that, but Matt <laughs> is wearing a, a very retro-inspired uh, uh, England top. So, yeah. Um, it, interesting, Maguire, uh, again, getting absolutely hammered by um, Twitter faithful. Um, bit, yeah. Made a bit of a scapegoat, hasn't he? It's a bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um but that's the way of it now, isn't it? You know, you can kind of look, I, he, he obviously has his moments. Um, we can't say that um, he, he, he hasn't. And, you know, you have to have those moments for, for clips to be made. But it's it's all very easy now to make a clip where you're showing, you know, specifically those moments and, and not showing anything else. And it's, it's hard to say for England, there have been many occasions where he's, he's put too much of a foot wrong. Um, you know, he's been a pretty important player for for them in, in major tournaments. But I understand the argument that you need to be playing. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But I guess the other side with that is as well, who's coming through to be able to say, you definitely can't pick him because you know, I've nailed down that spot. We've got some good young defenders coming through, but potentially not in a position to say they definitely have nailed down the, the position now. And you've got to give him credit for the fact of, you know, he's, he's pretty resilient when he, when he obviously scored that. 
own goal against Scotland, you're thinking, how do you keep finding yourselves in these situations? But, you know, he's, he's obviously got thick skin. Um, so, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. Exactly. Well, we'll crack on with this preview. And obviously all our previews are sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Bury. If you haven't already secured your travel for Friday night, there's still a couple of tickets left for their coach that will be leaving in the afternoon to travel down to Friday's fixture at the time of recording. Anyway, Matt, let's hope that they've all sold out. And um, yeah, it's it's a really good allocation, actually, Matt. Um, really decent travelling support. I think we had uh, 18, uh, 1,800 tickets, just over 1,800 tickets, and then an extra 360-odd, which have all sold out now. And it's going to take us just shy to 2,300. Not bad for a Friday night. And it's not just down the road, is it? So Friday night, you know, it's not the easiest place to get to, a bit of traffic on the roads. But yeah, I think it shows obviously where, we, where we've where we got to as a club now. You know, those kind of allocations are going to sell out, whether it's people making sure they've got the points or, or not. But you generally see the away stand actually full as well. So not just buying tickets to, to keep their points, obviously, you know, going to the fixtures as well. Yeah, actually, it's a good point now, isn't it? People <laughs> trying to keep hold of them... Uh keep themselves at the top of the queue for for these big away tickets you almost worry if you're going to see 200 of people in the in the away end because everybody seems to be talking about you know got a spare ticket for for this or that away but um but no we've obviously got that backing away from it you know we've always had a solid backing away from home as well and um you think anything in and around 2000 pretty much is gonna is gonna go for us certainly in, in the championship anyway and we'll obviously help listeners at home, Matt, with some some of our squad and formation thoughts, score predictions. And we're also pleased to be joined this week by Nathaniel from the Whole and Back podcast. Um, we've not done that great in in recent years for, for all of all competitions. Seventeen wins for ourselves. Hull have recorded twenty, um, uh, and I think there's been the rest of you know been the draws. It, it's a bit of a tough ground, Hull, isn't it? for us yeah and particularly recently i think over the last 10 we've won um this is home and away i think we've won two games uh in total and they've won five so they've certainly yeah. got the better of others over recent years it's, it's not an easy ground to go to you know obviously you have the old stereotypical conversations around a, a cold tuesday night in stoke and i don't think yeah. it's much much harder in hull either but um yeah not a nice place to go um and and obviously it hasn't worked out too well for us in the past. Obviously we know what happened last season there as well uh, during that early season meltdown. So it'd be good to go there and, and and get a result. To be honest, yeah, I was just going to come on to that. Matty Godden scored two for ourselves, um, but a poor defensive display. Um, some errors from Simon Moore, and d- defensively, I think we looked, we struggled, you know, to to really uh, do anything in that game. And it was Oscar Astupian. Uh, or however you pronounce yeah. his name, probably the worst hat trick I've ever seen. It's pretty awful. Yeah, it? it's it's one of them. We obviously, you know, going through the whole debacle with the pitch, really struggled to get into any rhythm at, at that point of the season because you know we were we were playing every couple of weeks where everybody else was was getting up to match fitness, so we were kind of a step behind. But it really did show in a lot of games early on, and this is no example. It's probably the worst example, to be honest with you. Simon Moore obviously um, had his moments, but I don't think anybody massively covered themselves in in glory, certainly from a defensive point of view. So yeah, real bad memory of that game um you good to, to put it right this time around yeah I, I remember it and just think very frustrating because 
we didn't really have to do much to score the two goals, weirdly enough. Um, yeah. But then again, they didn't have to do much to score three on on the day. But it just Similar felt to like Millwall, a very... wasn't it? You yeah. know, you could you could feel realistically we had the better quality, quality. in our team, yeah. Yeah. but for whatever reason, and probably a few reasons, obviously a lot of distractions, we couldn't get into a rhythm because of what was going on with the pitch and everything else. It just felt we're, we're clearly the better team in terms of quality on the pitch, but they're a step ahead, you know, just maybe with a bit of a bit of sharpness and, and everything else. And, and that was a frustrating thing because you then saw obviously what happened later in the season when we were, we were up to speed. So a uh, bit disappointing, but, but you know, it, it didn't work out too bad in the end. No, it didn't. Probably, you know, our best season on record for a long, long time. And uh, obviously, we'd want a bit more of that this season. Um, Liam Rossinia, a veteran, you know, of the, <laughs> the sort of dugout now. Interesting manager, likes to play football, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting appointment in, in fairness. He, you know, has been involved as a coach for about four or five years since retiring as a player, still a young manager. So I guess there's a bit of sheen that comes with that. You know, obviously clubs are looking for young managers, somebody they can bleed through into um, maybe a long-term appointment. Um, But for him, he obviously had that spell at at Derby. Um, Went okay, but obviously they were always looking for for somebody else in League One. Um, So he essentially got moved on and then turns up a couple of months later at a championship club, which at the time I found quite odd. But you're right, he does play, he does try and play football the right way. Um, I think he's also a very versatile and adaptable manager. Um, You know, so he's, I don't think he's overly rigid. You know, he will look at his opponents and say, we we potentially have to adapt, maybe quite realistic. Um, You know, when you're Hull and you're coming up against a a Leicester City who've just come down from the Premier League, there's probably a level of realism, which is going to help you get the kind of result which we saw them get a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously a bit surprising for him to get the job initially, but he's not doing a bad bad job of it at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to hear more about Hull, um, as we said, from the Holland Back podcast. But a real busy deadline day for them. Four four in. I think it took him to 11 in total for the transfer window. Um, Furlong, Philogene, um, Tyler Morton. Um, them all coming in uh, on that final deadline day. I think, you know, the Aston Villa Loney looks probably the one that's that catches the eye um, yeah. potentially, but they've done they've done some good business. Have you been surprised in what, what they've been able to attract? Yeah, uh, in all honesty, I have. I mean, I know they've they're also very active through the window and and at the end as well in in moving people on as well. So it shows you, you know, they haven't had obviously a bottomless pit of of money to be able to bring people in and um, and just add, they've obviously had to move money around. They've let Esther Pinan go on loan. A few other players went on loan, I think in the last kind of 24, 48 hours before the end of the window. So they clearly, and as you would expect, they they clearly didn't have money just to to throw at it and and bring players in and and not worry so much. But um, the players they've been able to bring in are, um, they're decent quality for this level. So, Again, it's 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 a transfer window which I'm I'm pretty impressed about. And as you say, some of the players have been able to attract. Obviously, possibly the one that jumps out to most people being Scott Twine. There's a lot of talk of Championship clubs being interested because of what he did last season, and yeah. for Hall to to obviously win what I assume was a, a pretty um, fierce battle to to get his services, even just on loan for the season, it, it, it is quite surprising and and obviously a big notch to them. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, and also a bit surprising is probably their start to the season, really. Mm. Um, 
sitting sixth, three wins and a draw. Um, obviously, you touched upon that 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 win uh, at Leicester. Um, again, a bit surprising, but but like you say, it, with a manager that's willing to try these things, is is, is probably always going to happen. Yeah, I think kind of the point around being adaptable, being flexible. He's obviously got a way he wants to to play to an extent, and as you said, uh, he's generally you know playing out from the back, trying to um, trying to play football, I guess, the right way, if you if you want to look at it that way. But he, he is adaptable. You look at some of the stats around the games, you know, you, you play against Blackburn and Bristol City and um, trying to remember who the other game was against now, but they, they dominated possession. Sheffield Wednesday, so they dominated possession largely in those three games. Yeah. Um, against Norwich, against Leicester away from home, they were obviously a lot more adaptable. They were happy to, to sit off the ball a lot more, let them have possession. And you look at the Leicester game, they had over, well, Leicester had over 70% possession, yeah. um, but one shot on target. So they obviously had a very well-drilled game plan, which is maybe a little bit different to what they would have done in the other games where they actually had the majority of possession. But it worked well because, you know, Leicester obviously at that point had won all of their games had found a way maybe they hadn't blown teams away but they'd always found a way and it's it's obviously Hull who were the first team to be able to not only beat them but obviously go into their ground and pick up a victory allow them potentially to have I say allow obviously I'm sure Leicester would have dictated to to a certain extent yeah, but you know they've, they've I'm, I'm sure happily sat off the ball a bit because they did get the goal relatively early as well yeah um and been able to keep very structured and, and be hard them to, to break down yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 21 shots, but one on target. You know, it, it, it tells me, A, yes, a little bit of wastefulness from Leicester for sure, but they've obviously not given them anything easy. They've said to Leicester, you're going to have to really work to to obviously find a way through. And that's helped by scoring a, a, an early goal. Obviously, it allows of course, you to play yeah, a Yeah, could have way. panned out completely different. But like you yeah. say, it does show a lot of resilience. And at the same time, I, I, I'm not saying we've struggled so far this season to break teams down but I think we've had a bit of luck you know at, at times I, I think back to the Godden goal that you know is, is almost a cross come shot that he's kind of turned in and found himself in in a really really good position great cut back from from right for that for that finish as well mm. this weekend uh, sorry you know the, the previous weekend but mm. again that was at a time in the game where people were all over the, the it was wide open there was so much space so yeah. If they are well drilled, it, it could be potentially we, we struggle to break teams down. Swansea, I think, away from home, we we kept yeah. knocking, but really didn't didn't get the breakthrough. So mm. we've not not scored goals, of course, this season, but it does feel at times we've struggled maybe to break some teams down. It hasn't fully clicked just yet. Uh, when you really think about it, that's more than understandable when you have yeah, the level course. of change that we have. There's a lot of pressure. You know, obviously, as fans of the club, we're all a little bit daisy with the fact that we've we've spent all of this money and, and we don't know what to do with ourselves. But with that comes pressure, you know, players going for multiple millions of pounds when we, we I think, was it one in 15 years before that went for over a million pounds? It's yeah. a new experience for us. But then there's the pressure we expect these players to perform right from the off. Um, and if you're not doing that three or four games in, then then questions already start to be asked. We've obviously potentially seen that with, let's say, Sims more more than anybody else. So there's pressure. We've asked some ourselves, but, you know, yeah. lots of people have been asking questions, haven't they? Um, yeah. Do you think the international break would have helped where it just allowed that focus to be taken off of, off of 
match day performances and and more just getting together as a group and spending a bit more time and you know I'm not I'm not sure about what time they had away um obviously some players have gone out on international duty um mm-hmm. you know so they they would have probably not been been in I'm not sure what the training regimes look like this this week but you would expect that they've been spending some time together as a group in the lead up so do you think that will help maybe some of those newer players um I'm thinking of maybe Hadji Wright and 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 the likes and I don't know Mm. if he went off to international duty in the end Uh, from what I can see he didn't um or he certainly wasn't involved in in uh, I don't know how many games the US ended up playing, but I, I did quite keenly have a look at one of them. He didn't seem to be involved at all, so yeah. I'm pretty confident he wasn't. Obviously, we know some some were the, the Jamaican lads went went off and uh, potentially be a struggle for them coming back with 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 not much turnaround. But yeah, absolutely, I think time is a massive thing for us. You know, I, there's not one signing that we made in the summer who I'm anywhere near saying. You know we should be giving up on these it's way too yeah. early yeah. um i think we've seen plenty from a lot of them and i think we can still expect to see more from the ones who maybe haven't had that opportunity or maybe haven't quite clicked into gear as of yet and i just think it more than anything else is a time issue um we know robins preferably would like as most managers probably would like to do their business really early in the window we all know uh, yeah. as fans we were frustrated i'm sure robins was frustrated as well it, it rolled on a little bit longer than we probably would have wanted it to um and again when you've got that level of change when you've got you know 14 15 players going out and you've got 11 12 players coming in majority of those for for big money who are going to be involved in the first team regularly that's going to take some time to, to click. So um, time is massively important to us. And yeah, on the field, but also, or, or on the training field, but also off it, um, just, I guess, connecting as a team a bit more, yeah. um, getting used to each other, feeling comfortable, everything like that. I, I do expect it to, to to fall in place, you know, progressively as we go on, but a two week break, where maybe they can focus on a few things and everything isn't so drilled down into you've just got to purely focus on the opponents that we've got in the next few days. Um, I expect it will have helped. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Okay, well, as we mentioned earlier on in the podcast, we're now going to hear from Nathaniel from the Whole and Back podcast. Hello, Commentary City fans. This is Nathaniel from the To Hull and Back podcast, giving you a little preview of what promises to be a really exciting game uh, under the lights on Friday night. Uh, City's start to the season has been really, really good. Um, we didn't think it was going to be after the first two games. That was a 2-1 defeat to Norwich uh, on the opening day, and then in the League Cup against Doncaster. Um, perhaps that was a bit of a fluke. 
that we lost 2-1. Um, there were real concerns over the system playing out from the goalkeeper. There was no movement for the goalkeeper, so he was just stood there for uh, a long time during the game looking for some options. But that seems to be a fluke, especially for Doncaster, because they're bottom of the entire football league. So since then, we've had um, a 4-2 win against Sheffield Wednesday, 2-1 win away at Blackburn, two late goals from Aaron Connolly off the bench got us that win, a slightly uh, disappointing draw against Bristol where they really, um, Bristol City really should have beaten us with a really high XG, about three goals we could have conceded there. And then a really kind of uh, resilient defensive performance against Leicester City. Um, they've got one of the best squads perhaps the championships ever uh, assembled or perhaps just been able to keep hold of their best players from uh, the Premier League. Uh, really, they should have uh, enough to beat most championship teams, but it was a really resilient performance. Slight uh, bit of luck with the goal, but uh, Liam Delap on loan from Man City had a really poor season last year, but for us in our new system, our seniors given given him a lot of tactical information that he's not had at other clubs. Um, he got a goal. He was playing on the wing, which was a bit of a strange uh, choice because he's uh, usually a striker who can hold, hold the ball up and run in the middle. He reminds me of Gourcarez from last season a little bit. Um, you know, tall, blonde, quick striker who scores some nice dribble goals and he, he's got one. Uh, he scored a lovely goal at Leicester. It took a slight deflection, but that was a really good win and a kind of statement win, really. So I think going into the Coventry game, uh, we're in good form. Uh, 10 points from 5 is definitely promotion form. It's very early days yet, but uh, the I, I predict us to finish 11th, so I think 10 points from 5 is uh, actually a really good start for us and perhaps better than I thought we were going to be. The lineup for the Coventry City game, I think uh, it's going to be fairly similar. We did make a lot of signings on deadline day. We made uh, four signings, so... The uh, very exciting young winger, Jaden Philogene, we signed for £5 million from Aston Villa. He's definitely going to be coming into the team, you'd imagine. We're not going to spend all that money and then him be on the bench. I think Delap probably won't be on the wing again like he was at Leicester City. I think uh, it'll probably be Connolly up front with uh, Delap. We're sort of playing a 4-4-2 system. Uh, but really one of those strikers can come deep. Ozan Tufan, who scored four goals already this season, he was injured against Leicester and he's going to be injured for the uh, you know, next few games, unfortunately, so he won't be a player to look out for, uh, for Coventry City fans, which is a real shame for us Hull fans because he's been really good and I think he's even better playing at home when we've got more of the ball. So Liam Delap, he's got two goals already, great one against Leicester. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the main danger men. And on the other side, on the other wing, you've got Scott Twine, who we've brought in on loan from Burnley. He's not scored or got an assist yet, but he's looked really sharp. His first touch, um, controlling the, like the long diagonal balls from the defenders, uh, has been really wonderful so far. He really rarely gives the ball away, and he's been really creative. So it'll be him on one wing and Philogene on the other, Dilap and Connolly up front. Then we've got Michael Seri, who's so important to our system, playing out from the back and... Uh, being a possession team, his class and quality on the ball and sort of dribbling away from uh, tight situations is really wonderful and so important to the system. Then we'll have Regan Slater next to him in midfield. The back four, which um, had sort of struggled to keep a clean sheet up until Leicester. That was our first clean sheet of the season and we got a lot last year. Um, so I think that uh, getting our first clean sheet will really help against Coventry and hopefully we can continue that. So it'll be Ruben Vinagre, the Portuguese left-back who played really well against Leicester 
uh, who's on loan from Sporting. Um, he's going to be at left-back. We've got Jacob Greaves, who we're really happy to keep hold of uh, during the summer transfer window. Uh, Alfie Jones has got a lovely sister already this season. And then it'll be uh, Captain uh, Lou Coyle, who's been one of the best right-backs in the league so far. Um, following on from Cyrus Christie, who was one of the best right-backs last season. But Coyle's been really good as the captain at uh, right-back. And then in goal, I think it'll probably be Matt Ingram. Uh, he kept a clean sheet against Leicester. We did sign Ryan Olsop from uh, Cardiff City. I don't think he'll come into the team. He, he might do eventually, but at the moment it's going to be Matt Ingram. So we're going to play sort of a 4-4-2, although maybe Delap and Philogene, Connolly, these sort of players up front, will probably do a lot of rotations. Uh, so the main players to look out for are Scott Twine, the new signing, Jaden Philogene, uh, who can have you know really exciting, uh, skillful play. And then uh, Liam Delap, who's already got a few goals. And uh, did I say him twice? It's just he's that exciting to watch at the moment. I think the uh, score prediction for this game is going to be uh, 2-1 to Hull. Defensively, I'm not still 100% convinced. Uh, I think goal scorers could be Scott Twine getting his first goal of the season, perhaps from a free kick. Uh, Liam Delap's in great form, so I'll go for him. And I know Matt Godden scored three goals in the last uh, two times that we've played this fixture. Um, in Hull, so I think Godden, he's got three already this season, perhaps he'll get on the score sheet, but could be quite an exciting, but a tight game between, uh, I, I know a team that's uh, did very well last season, and then a team looking to do what Coventry did last year and get all the way to the player final uh, in Hull, so should be an exciting one, but I think Hull City at home will just edge it, so that's been Nathaniel from the Tarnback Podcast. Some interesting thoughts there from Nathaniel, Matt. Um they they just like we said earlier on seem to be you know flying at the moment and you know Nathaniel backed that up in in his comments there but moving back on to Coventry um you know big game for us before we heard there we you know we obviously talked about international breaks and and a need to get back and and firing what sort of formation do you think Mark Robbins is gonna is going to go to to hold with I can't see too much change, to be honest with you. Um, we do feel in a situation at the minute where he's pretty set on his formation. He's just trying to find the right mix, maybe in certain yeah. areas of the pitch. Yeah. Um, I know probably in the last, maybe the last couple of seasons, we have been a little bit more adaptable, certainly when it comes to the top end of the pitch, where it yeah. might be a home versus away game. Um, you know, you might say at home, we'd, we'd start with two strikers away. We might kind of, you know, go to a lone striker and, and set up a bit, like bit of a different way. Yeah. I, I don't know if the fact that so far this season he seems to have stuck to his guns with, um, you know, a partnership up front is is more of an indication of confidence in what we can do versus just kind of trying to counteract what the opponents might be able to do, which is important in itself. We talked about obviously yeah. how Hull have had some success from doing that, but it's probably to me an indicator of confidence in what we can do versus maybe just trying to neutralize what the opposition will do. So I don't expect formation to change too much, but you also never know with Mark Robbins, you know, uh, if he feels like he's come out of the international break and I'm sure he's aware, you get know, off to a solid isn't... start and maybe, you know, not get a point, but at minimum get a point and hopefully we have a chance to win it. And, and like you say, maybe start solid, but, but safe rather exactly. than... Yeah. Just a little bit of, I guess, um, I don't know. I think he will obviously have taken the time that we've had in the international break and, um, 
not reassess what's what's going on with the squad, but I think he'll understand that maybe it hasn't quite clicked to the level that we would have wanted as of yet. Yeah. Um, whether he's just going to say, well, you know, the more time that I get, that will come, or whether he's going to maybe adapt things a little bit more, particularly in the in the coming weeks as 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 things do start to click. It'll be interesting to see. But personally, yeah, I think he would likely stick with the the same formation. Um, but as we say with Robbins, you you never know. With his um, post-match interviews, do you mm. feel like he's been happy with the performances that he's seen so far this season? Or do you think that he feels we probably could have nicked nicked a few of them and, 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 and got a few more points on the board? It does feel like he's been maybe 75% happy with the performances, but feels like there's one or two little elements missing. So yeah. a couple of little things we need, we need to improve on, um, you know, overall as a, as a team, which will kind of make a massive difference because we haven't been a million miles away. And that's why we say there probably doesn't need to be a massive Unbeaten overreaction. Since the first game of the season, you know, exactly. well, if you take, take out of, you know, the, the Wimbledon, Wimbledon game. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's a, a solid start. Um, it's it's steady. There's some of those games that definitely we probably should have picked up more points from. We'd we'd feel just in the nature of the way that they went. But on the face of it, but I just got a feeling that he feels that we probably could be should be better off than than perhaps they are. How do you think he feels around the start of some of his his new his new players? Maybe you know um, the the Brighton Loney, um, Hadji Wright. How do you think he's feeling about them? Um, it's a hard one to call. I think, as you say, there's been so much change overall within the club to bring in 12 players, to, to spend a lot of money, to lose a lot of players, lose important players, obviously, well, almost undoubtedly are two. Of course. To, to obviously try and overcome. So I, I would imagine there's there's been a bit of a difference, I would say, in terms of how some of those new recruits have performed. You know, Hadji Wright, I think we can say he's been a nuisance whenever he's been on the pitch. Maybe you'd like him to have had more goals, but he's been involved in uh, in creating a lot of goals. Plus, he's obviously got one to his name as well. Really got up to potentially the, the level or getting towards the level you would like to 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 expect from him yeah um, maybe others like anelis sims haven't quite got to that level but i think he would see that more as a case of because we have got uncertainty or we've we need time to bedding such a number of players it's more of an issue with what we need to do to progress as a team versus you know being disappointed in individual players yeah, at the minute yeah, yeah. um Good so I, th I think his focus would be more on what do we need to do as a collective to progress yeah. um and rather than potentially saying, look, you know, Ellis Sims, yes, you haven't scored as of yet. Maybe things haven't gone to the to the level that we would have wanted them to. But I'm going to put, you know, all of that on you. Uh, there's definitely been different levels in terms of, you know, how much some of them have been able to hit the ground running. But yeah, I think it's a bit too early, certainly from from the perspective of having to embed so many players to potentially put too much individual blame on, on anybody. No, absolutely. Um, is there anyone on that note, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> sounds a bit counterproductive now, but on that note, is there anyone at, at perhaps Watford that you think disappointed enough to, to drop out? We know there's going to have to be some lineup changes depending on what, what the sort of 
you know, fallout is from some of these international players. Um, mm -hmm. it, but is there anyone that you can see dropping out and, and changing? I mean, Palmer, potentially, we don't know what's what's happened there. So so maybe he's... And, and, and Milan obviously was carrying something at the end of the last game. I've not really seen a massive update because of the international break. You don't seem to get... You know, mm. you're not really getting the training pitches and stuff that as like we do usually. So, yeah, any anything with the lineup that you think could could potentially change? I would only imagine it would be because of enforced changes. Um, yeah. I think obviously De Silva had uh, had to come off in the Watford game, so there's potential. And as you say, in the international break, it seems to just to fall into a bit of a void. You don't really hear yeah. updates as you would expect to do normally. So De Silva was one of them. We kind of were left on a bit of a cliffhanger when the injury happened, whether it was going to be something that would keep him out even for, you know, one or two games with a, with a two week break. So be interesting to see what happens there. And obviously quite hopefully he'll, he'll be back in um, and, and fit and ready to go. The other two, obviously, again, maybe not 100% in force, but maybe lean, in towards giving them a break is Latibodier and, and Palmer, as we say, obviously it's going to be a real tight turnaround. I believe they're not due to get back. We're, we're obviously recording this on Wednesday night. I don't yeah. believe they're due to be back until, you know, at some point, maybe early afternoon tomorrow, that's a real tight turnaround to say, yeah. you have to get back into the speed of things, get out of the, you know, the international mold and, and all the tactics and everything you would have obviously been working on with Jamaica and get back to yeah. everything that you're doing with Coventry. It's probably not quite an easy thing to do, even though, you know, Coventry is their bread and butter. But, you know, yeah. to, to turn that around in potentially 36 hours is a big ask. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And it might be, again, not enforced necessarily because of any injuries, but it might be because of the fact of needing to give them a little bit of a rest and and obviously what he's been able to work on with the players in the in the two weeks or so that they've been away so from that side yeah potentially because of situation rather than necessarily the Watford game if you if you look at people who didn't perform in the Watford game you know there were a couple of people who didn't I think Bobby Thomas you know to the level that we've seen him so far this season yeah. and that was yeah. comfortably his worst game and a couple of standout moments but I also wouldn't imagine that it would be to a level where no, you wouldn't agreed. play him in this game so yeah. I don't think anybody had that bad of a game where you would kind of dispel what they might have done earlier in the season um he would he would be the best example because it's probably he he was the one you'd you'd maybe look at and say oh that was a real a real poor performance for him but he's done Agreed. enough in his career yeah. with us so far to say you would you would counteract that i think for me one position that would be really interested in in is center midfield yeah. um you know I, when there has been talk around coventry this week it, it a big area has been look we might be missing palmer because of the fact he's he's obviously going to have a short turnaround people talking about ayari as a number 10 um be interested to see your thoughts on this because from my perspective He's obviously the one midfielder we brought in after selling Hamer. Yeah. In, in my mind, there is a very clear message. He was, he, he's coming in, not, you know, we might not expect that he can come in and fully replace Hamer, but there is an expectation that that's the area of the pitch that he will be operating in. Yeah. For me, there is a need for us to have a bit more technical ability in that area of the pitch in terms of somebody you could hopefully feel comfortable getting their foot on the ball and and creating something driving the team forward we saw a couple of yeah. examples of that in the short period of time he was he was on the pitch against Watford there's been but... glimpses to show that there's creativity in that area of the pitch isn't there he's you know yeah. it, there was that little sidestep and that little Cruyff that he did that that sort of took him past two players in in you know quite ease really 
if we yeah. could see some of that at that top end of the pitch it would it would be something that we you know, we could could do with really i think it, it sort mm. of fills that callum o'hare style sort of void that we've mm. got at the moment yeah interesting to see what happens with them because I do just maybe if there is a concern for me between now and let's say the next opportunity we have to bring yeah. players in it would be yeah. creativity also in that more central slightly deeper midfield area um because it's something we obviously would have seen a lot of last season with Hamer um and as much as uh, you know I couldn't rate Ben Sheaf in particular any higher he's a fantastic player that's not necessarily the the focus of his game it's covering ground it's winning the ball back it's being a nuisance yeah. potentially being that offset to somebody next to him who can then benefit from having a Ben Sheaf there as Hamer has done so well and it's actually quite similar to the setup they have at Hull um you know Seri's that kind of player they'll want to get on the ball in centre midfield yeah. um and I think it's Slater who who sits next to him is kind of the nuisance really and will do a lot of the hard work so be interesting to see I don't imagine that it will be an area that we'll see change on Friday night but It'd be interesting to see what happens with the IRE over the next, you know, kind of few weeks or so, because we have got that need. We're not, we're not yeah. going to be bringing anybody else now in until until January. Yeah, we've got to make it work. Um, score predictions, Matt. How how do you see this one going? Uh, I'm nervous about it. If I'm honest yeah. with you, yeah. Um, I uh, I think we're going to lose. If I'm honest, um, I think it's a difficult game. I think they're hard to to read. I think they're hard to judge. I'm leaning towards a 2-1 loss, um, yeah. if I'm honest. Look, I always back that we've got the opportunity to go to any team at this level now and, and get a result. So I don't certainly put it past us to, to go Very there and do something. Very different to the opening first, you know, championship year where it just didn't look like we could buy a, a win. I I agree. I think we've got enough yeah. about us. as mm-hmm. One as a, a sort of change room, to be honest, which is half the, the battle, I think, in, in this league. But enough yeah. quality to to cause people trouble but sometimes you need a bit of luck on your side but i i must admit i feel very similar but it's mm. a very tough very tough trip straight on a turnaround from the international break and they might just not be too good for us but they might just be you know just a little bit too too much uh mm. this 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 time round uh, and i think i'd probably be leaning to the same i think we could score but i think a 2-1 does sound fair but let's hope it isn't. <laughs> Let's hope it isn't. We don't like to do this on a preview, do we? We, uh, we, we like to be positive, but yeah. sometimes, you know, the, we obviously, it's a long season. As you say, coming off an international break, it's weird being a Friday night game as well. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I think it hurts us more than it, it does them. Um, I certainly think we've we've got more than enough quality to beat Hull on any given day for sure. You know, I, I certainly would put us above them at overall across the season I would still expect to see us finish above them in the table but just on this given Occasion. game yeah I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit it concerned, just stinks of a bit of a tricky night doesn't it I think yeah it does yeah. yeah um well Matt thanks ever so much for for joining um and thanks to the Sky Blue Tavern uh, and Dylan's Brewery for their continued support in sponsoring the podcast and if you want to join in with any of the items that we spoke to about tonight then you can using the hashtag SBE podcast thanks for listening to the sky blues extra podcast away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.